The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Tableau Software and Dole Food Company. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome members of our armed forces who are tuning in from remote outposts over the Internet, along with new listeners in the Arizona, Chicago, California, and Florida areas. Thank you for your many emails and letters and for being with us again. In just a moment, business icon and editor-in-chief of Forbes magazine, Mr. Steve Forbes, will be joining us to talk about the urgent need for tax reform, as well as his economic forecast for the year ahead. Be prepared to listen up and take notes, because Mr. Forbes is the only financial writer to receive the Crystal Owl Award four times for offering the most accurate economic forecast. But before Mr. Forbes joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Malcolm Stevenson Forbes Jr. was born in Morristown, New Jersey, and grew up in the town of Far Hills. He is a graduate of Princeton University, where, incidentally, he founded his first magazine called Business Today. Forbes had the good fortune to be born into a successful publishing family who was active in politics. His grandfather, B.C. Forbes, founded Forbes Magazine, and his father, Malcolm, later assumed responsibility for Forbes Magazine, along with being a state senator and well-known entrepreneur. In addition to having two strong role models, Steve Forbes had the opportunity to enter the family business as a columnist and assume the role of chairman and editor-in-chief of Forbes Media. But that's only part of the story. Mr. Forbes was appointed by Presidents Reagan and Bush to chair the Board for International Broadcasting, and he is known for his bid for the Republican presidential nomination in 1996 and 2000. He has been a strong advocate for small government, tax reform, school vouchers, tough crime laws, and can be frequently seen on Fox News and other networks offering insights on the economy and U.S. policy. And in between all of this, Mr. Forbes has found time to author four books and serve on the Board of Freedom Works, the National Taxpayers Union, the Heritage Foundation, the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation, the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, and... Well, (laughs) too many organizations for me to list in the short time we have today. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report, publishing executive and iconic figure in business, Mr. Steve Forbes. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Forbes. Good to be with you, Rebecca. Thank you. Uh, During the next month, uh, as you know, Americans will be engaging in the annual ritual of calculating and filing our taxes and... uh, Tax reform has been something that you have championed for decades. So for younger listeners who might not be familiar with the benefits of a flat tax uh, versus a fair tax or the current tax system we have now, maybe we could open today's conversation with um, having you explain what a flat tax on income is and why is this more equitable? Well, we do need uh, radical tax reform, and this season reminds us of it. Uh, As you know, uh, The uh, Declaration of Independence had only 1,400 words, the Bible 783,000 words, and the Federal Income Tax Code with all the tenant rules and regulations, not just the code itself, which is 4 million words, but there are several million more words of interpretations, uh, analytics, and things like that. And the thing is so complex, nobody knows what's in it. The IRS's hotline, back in the days when they used to answer the hotline, has been found to be wrong by government investigations 25 to 30 percent of the time. The preparers that the IRS prepared uh, people to do help people with their tax returns, the latest numbers for 2011 found an error rate as high as 61 percent. So this thing as it stands now breeds corruption, brings out the worst in us, is a plaything for lobbyists, and uh, really uh, 
undermines uh, America. Uh, the IRS estimated last year we spent six billion hours filling out tax forms. Imagine all that brain power had been doing something productive like new products and services or new medical devices or new cures for diseases like Alzheimer's. So the, what, the, what a flat tax would do is recognize this current code as beyond redemption and replace it with a new system, single rate, generous exemptions for adults and for children. A family of four, for example, would pay no federal income tax on their first $52,000 of wages, only 17% above the 52000 on each dollar they earned, no tax on savings, and no death taxes. A death should not be a taxable event. And on the business side, we cut the rate from 35 to 17%, uh, do away with all the corruption and clutter in that part of the code, and allow businesses to instantly expense capital investments they make. And if they have a loss uh, from those write-offs, they can carry it uh, forward against future profits. So literally, and 30 countries have done this around the world, more than 30, you can literally do your tax return on a single sheet of paper or just a few keystrokes on your computer. Well, now, you, recently you've pointed out that Greece's economy is tanking in spite of a uh, 23% VAT tax and a 45% payroll tax. Uh, yet the countries surrounding Greece, Bulgaria, Albania, Macedonia, who have a flat tax, are expanding. So, so it seems like we have a real side-by-side comparison, and this isn't just a theory anymore. And, and, and also Russia. Didn't Russia also move to a flat tax system that's similar as well? Uh, Russia did about uh, 14, 15 years ago uh, when Putin first took power, mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin, uh, before he uh, became uh, czar for life. Uh, one of the first things he did, which I think was the height of his statesmanship, it's been he peaked early, was put in a flat tax. Russia had a hideously complex system, far worse than her own. And uh, the flat tax, when it was put in, uh, the rate was uh, 13%, down from 30 35%. And uh, the economy did well, and revenues more than doubled quickly because of uh, not only the economic growth, but also the simplicity of uh, collecting it. Hong Kong has had a variation of the flat tax for over 60 years, and it's been a key part of their economic, long-term economic success. So what do you say to people who say, if you uh, take everybody's income tax and everything above approximately 52000 is taxable at 17%, uh, uh, it won't be enough money because we owe, what is it, the the, the debt is up to $18 trillion now? How, how no, can you cut right. taxes and pay an $18 trillion debt off? Well, you don't uh, first uh, pay the debt off. You uh, just try to make sure you have a vibrant economy so you don't, you don't keep increasing the debt. That would be a major achievement. Now, I think the most up. recent <laughs> estimate is by the next presidential election will be up to $20 trillion. I think that's the... Yeah, and it just just gets worse as you look out. And uh, part of that is the result of a sluggish economy. What a flat tax does with lower rates, a low single rate, is that it does not punish productive work, risk-taking, or success. And uh, experience has shown time and time again, when you have a a low rate, you do get more of the things that make an economy grow. You get more job creation, more entrepreneurship better ability to uh, gain skills and move up the economic ladder of success. So again, uh, real-life experience uh, demonstrates that uh, when you don't put a burden on people, they're able to do more good things. So, in other words, with less of a burden, this additional money gets recirculated into the economy in terms of consumer purchases, investment capital, and so on. Well, when people create resources, uh, they usually handle them better than uh, passing it off to a third party, uh, i.e. the federal government. And, but the key thing, too, though, is the, the price. When you uh, lose a 50 or 60 percent of your income when you work, uh, the desire to work extra hours goes uh, down uh, exponentially. And uh, it also hurts capital creation. When you have a very high income tax rates, you don't get the kind of investment that uh, you get that is necessary for a productive economy. An economy mm-hmm. can't move forward unless people are investing. You take somebody like uh, Steve Jobs. He didn't do it for the money, obviously. He had a passion, but uh, what was critical to his success was getting the capital to be able to develop his products, market his products, and develop a a globe-girdling company. 
Well, you're absolutely right about that. In recent years, with the IPO market being devastated, uh, we saw it have a tremendous effect on the amount of capital available to uh, startups. Now, we have to take our first break, but stay right where you are. When we come back, we're going to find out why Mr. Forbes says Congress is biased against tax cuts. You're listening to the Costa Report. Do you love creating salads as much as you enjoy eating them? Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Dole inspires fresh and wholesome dishes for any meal with their wide selection of salad blends and all-natural salad kits. From the mild and tender texture of sweet butter lettuce to the crunch of classic romaine sprinkled with colorful shredded carrots and red cabbage, Dole has over 30 salad blends to satisfy every palate. If you're looking for the ultimate in convenience, try Dole's unique salad kit combinations that include farm-fresh lettuces and vegetables, mouth-watering all-natural toppings, and specially made dressings. It's all you need to make a distinctively delicious salad. The possibilities are endless. Visit www.dolesalads.com for recipes and other ideas to feed your culinary imagination. If you're wondering what to do with all that data you're creating, do I have an offer for you? Tableau is drag-and-drop software that people of any skill level can use to analyze and turn data into something actionable. That's right. I said actionable. And isn't that what all that data is for? With Tableau, you can connect to any data in virtually any format and visualize it on the fly. Databases, spreadsheets, even big data sources are instantly combined into usable charts, graphs, reports, and dashboards. People can analyze data and -and drag-and-drop at 10 times the speed of a traditional business intelligence system. But the most impressive thing about Tableau is that anyone can use it. And just to prove the point, you can get a free 14-day trial from Tableau just by mentioning you heard this ad. But do it now, because this offer won't last. For your free 14-day trial, visit Tableau at T-A-B-L-E-A-U dot com slash Costa. That's Tableau.com slash Costa. Tableau Software. What's your data trying to tell you? Hi, I'm Elaine, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is Hillsdale College President Larry Arn on the importance of the presidential oath of office. Members of Congress and federal judges take an oath to the Constitution, but the Constitution prescribes the exact words of the oath only for the president. The American presidency was a new and powerful office created at the Constitutional Convention of 1787. Nothing like it existed in any other constitution in history. It was designed to allow certain virtues, decision, activity, secrecy, dispatch, things like that. And they were thought to be essential to executive power, especially in a crisis. But despite this immense power, the president is not so powerful as the Constitution itself. That is why presidents was pledged to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution, and why it is the duty of the people to ensure that they do so. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.com. Money can't make you happy, but the lack of it can sure add a lot of stress to your life. Need help with your personal finances? Listen Thursday nights at 7 p.m. to Money Moves. Host Pamela Fugit Hedrick offers one hour of free tips and tools to help you manage your cash flows with her Money Moves. Each Thursday night, she discusses topics like how to prevent a complete personal financial meltdown, how to start a go-to fund for emergencies, provide ideas on how to cut back rather than cutting out some of your expenses, how to erase your debt load and financial stressors, how to find funding for your retirement, how the heck do you enroll to use health insurance, No more excuses. Money Moves can answer these questions and so much more. Tune in Money Moves with your host, Pamela Fugit-Hedrick, Thursday night from 7 to 8 p.m. to work on your Money Moves. Welcome 
Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is editor-in-chief of Forbes magazine. And before the break, you were pointing out that China and Russia moved to a flat tax, which not only simplified their tax system so that citizens had to spend uh, very little time preparing and reporting their taxes each year, but but the simplification also uh, reduces errors removes the need for so many audits and oversight and uh, eliminates loopholes which experts can exploit. Um, Now, uh, do you mind if I ask you, where do you stand on the idea of a fair tax, a a tax on sales only? Uh, Well, the challenge is, uh, first is the high rate you need if you're going to use it to replace the income tax and payroll taxes. It's about 30%. And when people hear that number, they automatically uh, uh, flee in horror. Uh, there are other uh, challenges. Uh, one is uh, they assume that governments won't. That they assume governments will pay a 30% sales tax. Uh, so if the Pentagon buys an aircraft carrier for 10 billion, uh, the, they assume that the government will pay itself a 3 billion dollar sales tax. I don't think that's going to happen. Another one is the 16th Amendment to the Constitution. The 16th Amendment allows Washington to impose an income tax. If you don't repeal that amendment, then you can almost be guaranteed that we're going to end up with uh, both an income tax and a sales tax, which is what most states have and virtually every country in the world has today. Uh, another challenge is uh, uh, what what is a what is a business? Let's say you go to a, a store and uh, buy lumber and say you're using it to make uh, furniture to sell on eBay, who's going to audit you to make sure that uh, that's exactly what you did? Because if you buy products under the fair tax, the national sales tax for business purposes, you don't pay the tax on it. Only the uh, uh, ultimate consumer pays the tax. And then they have what they call a rebate or prebate, where they give everyone a certain amount of money to get around the regressiveness of the tax which, again, uh, how do they put the list together, people to get the money? Are they going to means test the thing? You can imagine politicians saying, oh, we should should, uh, uh, give more to poor people and less to uh, rich people. So uh, the thing has its own complexities. So I think uh, the best, easiest way to get a radical big reform is to do the flat tax today. And I think there's growing support for it. There are several presidential candidates interested in uh, putting out their proposals. I think we'll see some in the next two to three months. Well, there's no question the uh, fair tax does lend itself to more layers of complexity. And anytime you open that barn door, uh, we start to see pages and pages of interpretations. And uh, and so uh, I think I, I write about this. I write about how complexity really creates uh, the conditions for predatory behavior. And I worry about that. I, I think it uh, the more complicated uh, legislation, laws, and procedures become, the the, the less capable uh, the that people that are one uneducated or can't go out and hire. Uh, and pay for the best experts in the world, uh, the less uh, advantage that they have. Um, so let's talk about these tax cuts for a moment. Um, where where would you have the Republican Congress start? I mean, where where would they get some support from fellow Democrats in the White House? Well, I think uh, today, well, the White House is a different matter, but I think today there is a consensus in Congress that uh, our business taxes need reform. Uh, and uh, I think if you took Democrats and Republicans from the Ways and Means Committee in the House of Representatives. That committee is where tax legislation is supposed to begin. Uh, The Finance Committee in the Senate, which also considers uh, tax legislation, that committee. If you put them in a room together, I think they could come up with the starts of uh, uh, good reforms on the corporate tax side. But the Democrats aren't going to do it if they feel that the White House won't back them up. Uh, they feel now the White House won't uh, cover their backs, so they're not going to do it. And uh, unfortunately, President Obama, even though he mouths the words about reducing the corporate tax rate and reform of the code, uh, the reality is he wants higher taxes. And Republicans are not going to go along with any you know, program that's going to have a net increase in federal taxes. Now, specifically uh, under the banner of corporate taxes, are there any specific corporate tax areas that you'd like to see them hit first? Well, this whole area of uh, special breaks for special industries. Uh, 
you can uh, you can find all sorts of justifications for this break and that break in terms of depreciation schedules, faster, slower. But the bottom line is that uh, it ends up uh, distorting the code. Mm-hmm. A few days ago, the head of Domino Pizza did an interview with the Wall Street Journal in which he pointed out he pays an effective rate of 38%. And he said uh, uh, plaintively, with a hint of, uh, with a hint of humor, mm-hmm. he said uh, no one has come up with a tax break for the loophole, a tax loophole for the pizza industry. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but, that, but that's the state we're in today. And, uh, mm-hmm. and one of the things I should start on the tax side on the corporate tax side, to stop double taxation of uh, profits. If you make a profit overseas, you not only pay the profit in the country in which you made it, you also end up paying U.S. income tax on it when you bring that money home. So we now well, isn't that to discourage people from setting up shop overseas? Isn't that sort of supposed to be a disincentive? Well, well, what you, well, we live in a global economy. You take <laughs> Apple, for example, it could not survive if uh, you didn't allow it to use the world as a, its parts suppliers. And you look at uh, uh, the companies today, uh, Coca-Cola, we, we don't want Coke to sell around the world. Maybe Pepsi wouldn't, but uh, I think most other people think they ought to have a right to sell around the world. But you look at uh, companies today, they have over a trillion dollars of cash sitting overseas mm-hmm. that stays overseas because if they bring it home, they pay a huge tax, which is kind of counterproductive. So uh, these rules that try to mold our behavior end up having unintended consequences, which is uh, leaving a lot of money overseas instead of having it work here at home. Now, recently you wrote an article where you claim that Congress is biased against real tax cuts, and you said that uh, the primary obstacle is the Congressional Budget Office and the Joint Committee on Taxation. Is that right? That's right. Uh, they have what they call scoring. So if you propose a tax change, you have it, uh, the, the, what they call the Congressional Budget Office, then goes and uh, sees how much it might cost, what it might do to the economy. And unfortunately, their bias is that they assume uh, when you increase taxes, it doesn't change people's behavior. A number of years ago, back in the mid-90s, a senator from Oregon, a fellow named Robert Packwood, asked the budget scorers to uh, score what would happen if you had a 100% income tax rate. And 100%, back, okay. 100%. And they came back and said, by golly, it would uh, be glorious. The deficit would be paid off. And of course, <laughs> and, and of course 100% would destroy the economy. But they, they didn't see it that way. I see. They're only and, looking at the income and they're not looking at the other ramifications. Not, not at the stimulus. And mm-hmm. not all tax cuts are equal. Uh, mm-hmm. Some don't do very much for the economy. Others, when you say cut capital gains, has an immediate impact both in positive revenue and in uh, good uh, good economic behavior. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Now, we have to take another commercial break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, why Mr. Forbes is forecasting a bumpy ride ahead for world economies. You're listening to the Costa Report. Have you checked out the Costa Report blog yet? Well, what are you waiting for? There's no quicker way to find out what newsmakers are saying than the Costa Report blog at RebeccaCosta.com. It's where the former CEO of Apple and PepsiCo, John Scully, predicts where the next tech breakthroughs are going to come from. And also where Trent Lott explains why a GOP reversal of the Senate nuclear option will signal real change in our nation's capital. And the Costa Report blog is where you'll discover why Alan Dershowitz is worried that ISIS is adopting Hamas-like tactics. You'll find all this and more at the Costa Report blog. A new blog is posted every week, and they're short, pithy, and tell the unvarnished truth. Just go to RebeccaCosta.com to get the latest blog. That's RebeccaCosta.com. And while you're there, be sure to register for updates and breaking news. The Costa Report blog bringing you the news the big networks don't and won't. Heart palpitations, chest discomfort, 
Shortness of breath? Join Dr. Gan Dennington of the St. Helena Arrhythmia Center on March 24th and learn about new surgical treatment options that are less invasive and have better outcomes, including the new hybrid maze procedure. That's March 24th at the Quail Lodge and Golf Club in Carmel. Reserve your space today at 877-596-0644. That's 877-596-0644. Is your internet connection slow? Etheric Networks can help you. Etheric Networks is the Bay Area's locally owned alternative to DSL satellite and cable. We do a few things to make our service better. We have a great reputation, and our staff is committed to providing a great user experience. We listen to our customers and listen to our staff. We pay living wages. Our staff are local Bay Area engineers and professionals. We provide flexibility and personalized service. Being in Silicon Valley, we have direct contact with the networking software and hardware companies and can bring new technologies to market before the cable and phone companies. We operate a tower-based fixed wireless network as well as a fiber-optic backbone network that rings the bay. The combination creates an ultra-reliable high-capacity network that you ought to try. KSCO Business Special. Business service up to 10 megabits per second symmetric for as little as $299 a month with a $399 installation fee. Etheric Networks. Call 650-399-4200. Etheric.net. When you need legal help, call on the angel. It's a fact. We'll all need help to resolve a legal matter of one kind or another. When you find yourself in need of legal help, call on Angel Hess Attorney at Law. She's been helping people with legal documents for over 20 years. Now Angel has earned her Master's in Legal Studies and Juris Doctorate and is licensed to practice law for you. I'm Angel L. Hess Attorney at Law. With my help, we can resolve your legal matters quickly and efficiently. I will listen to your needs and keep you informed of the pros and cons of each legal strategy. We will find the best course of action for you. And if I can't help you, then I will help you find someone who can. And today, Angel Hess has an angelic offer for each of you KSCO listeners, and only you KSCO listeners, a free half-hour consultation. That's right. Just pick up the phone and call her with your legal matter, mention KSCO, and get your free consultation today. When you find yourself in need of legal help, call on Angel L. Hess, attorney at law in Santa Cruz at 831-426-8536 or www.santacruzlegal.net. This is Sylvia Panetta inviting you to the 18th annual Leon Panetta Lecture Series. Our theme this year is the test of leadership in 2015, critical issues that can unite or divide America. Our nation faces choices that are as important as they are divisive. We'll discuss energy, race relations, the economy, and cyber. Secretary Panetta will talk with key experts to help identify the best path for these issues. For more information, call 831-582-4200. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us today, our guest is Steve Forbes, who was just explaining that the Congressional Budget Office and Joint Committee on Taxation use a uh, a somewhat flawed algorithm when they forecast the benefits of increasing taxes because their analysis is based on an assumption that increasing the tax burden on citizens and businesses has absolutely no impact on economic contraction or expansion. Uh, did you want to finish up that thought? Well, I think that about sums it up. Uh, they uh, What they give to tax increase and tax cuts is a uh, very, very minor changes. What they do, uh, though, is if you have a tax cut, they assume you're going to lose the money and lose it mostly forever. So even when you get a cut in the capital gains tax, which has an immediate uh, payback, uh, they think that, oh, in future years, you're going to lose the money. All you're doing is bringing it forward faster. So it's biased against uh, pro-growth tax cuts. Now, the House Republicans and the House of Representatives changed the rules and said uh, these people, the Congressional Budget Office, should use what they call dynamic scoring or realistic scoring, and, uh, but they didn't change the personnel. And knowing how Washington works, uh, if, you allow, if you leave the fox with the hen house, you know what's going to happen to the hens. And it'll be 20 years before we see any real change. Isn't this so just a matter the- of who you trust to invest the money? I mean, if you pay the taxes to the government, you're saying you trust the government to to in- invest that money properly. And if you make a tax cut, you're saying you trust private citizens and business to make that investment in the economy. 
Well, let, let, let's even be more graphic. Uh, who would you rather have managing your money, Warren Buffett or Nancy Pelosi or Harry Reid? I think uh, <laughs> my my answer is anybody but me. <laughs> and, uh, there's a lot of people nodding their head up and down. Uh, uh, I, uh, the, uh, managing money's always been a mystery to me. Uh, it, it should be simple, but uh, you know, it's it's way over my head now. I'm I can't be the only person that sits down with a financial advisor and nods her head up and down like I know what they're talking about. Uh, and shame on me. Well you, well, you know, the Washington politicians don't know what they're talking about, even if they nod their heads or, or say they know what they're doing. You're absolutely right. They <laughs> nod their heads up and down, too. And I know darn well they don't, they don't understand economic policy as well as they pretend to. Now, uh, switching gears uh, for just a moment from domestic, uh, domestic fiscal policy uh, to the outlook for uh, the euro and the countries that are tied to it and uh, the growing instability in the Middle East and in the Ukraine, you forecasted a bumpy ride for world economies in this next year. So can, can you speak to that for a moment. Yes, even though the U.S. is doing slightly better, although we're not uh, doing that well ourselves, uh, the rest of the world is uh, pretty much in bad shape. There are certain uh, countries doing a little better, like Great Britain. But you look at Europe, much of Europe is in recession. You look at Japan, Japan's in recession. Uh, China is slowing down. And you look at Latin American countries, Brazil is in a recession. Mexico has slowed down. So that's going to drag our growth as well. And we're not growing fast enough to pull up the rest of the world economy. And they are slowing down enough to uh, give give a real pullback to us. And part of the reasons that these countries are in trouble is, uh, among other things, is their high taxes. Uh, Japan has a high rate of 51% on income. They also have, you know, in this country, our payroll taxes, you know, for Social Security and, and uh, Medicaid, Medicare mm-hmm. is about 15 percent with a cap for most of it at about one hundred eighteen thousand dollars a year in Japan. You know what the payroll tax is? Thirty percent with no cap. Mm. And, and well, I'll they, tell you the thing that bothers me is is it's hard to add up all the taxes that you pay because uh, even you go to a hotel and you've got a hotel tax and you've got a service tax. And, and a you, convention tax. <laughs> a convention tax. And, you know, I, I don't think people realize how many taxes they really are paying if you start adding them all up. And now they're even talking about taxing purchases on the Internet. Yes, and uh, that's one another thing about the national sales taxes. That uh, tax will apply to everything on the internet. So you'd pay a thirty percent tax on the stuff you buy on the internet. Well, that is and what scares right. me when about you... the fair tax is is because they're looking at the internet and they know that there's a gold mine there. Well, they 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 see anybody with money and they think that's a gold mine. Sadly, mm-hmm. and you you're right about all the taxes we pay. You know what do you do when you get up in the morning? You uh, turn on the lights. Well, look at your next electricity bill. Some states they don't break out, but uh, it's loaded with uh, various taxes and fees. Same thing with your water bill. Uh, when you go have a cup of coffee in your kitchen, you're paying a sales tax probably on that coffee. You go to work, you're paying gasoline taxes. So everything you do, they tax. I just got uh, a bill for a sewage tax that they they need to tax us because they have to control the uh, the water going from the neighborhood into the ocean. I I never heard of such a thing, but uh, it's a tax. Any 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 excuse will do. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you've made the point that the European Central Bank. Uh, seems to be going down the same rabbit hole as the U.S. Federal Reserve and the Bank of Japan in terms of using quantitative easing to try to stimulate their economic growth. Is that right? That's right. And uh, what they've done, in effect, is make it easy for governments to finance their deficits. In this country, uh, the Federal Reserve buys, uh, until they stopped it a few months ago, would buy most of the government's new long-term bonds. They bought almost four of over $3 trillion worth. And then, you know, at the end of the year, the Federal Reserve then takes the interest, minus their own expenses, and return it back to the government. So it would be as if you took out a mortgage, paid the interest, and then got the interest back at the end of the year. You'd say, hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> Deficit without tears. I'd like to get that deal. 
Yeah, well, what they've ended up doing, what they've ended up doing is making it very hard for small and new businesses to get credit. I was talking to a couple of community bankers yesterday, and they were telling about all the regulations they have, all the paperwork they have to make routine loans. They're not allowed to use their judgment anymore. So guess what? Less lending gets done. Absolutely. But if if not quantitative easing... um how would you recommend the European Central Bank respond? Because they're in a world of hurt right now. Well, recognize that the Central Bank can't cure their tax codes, can't cure their crazy labor regulations that make it hideously expensive to hire somebody. And so uh, people get hired off the books or they're hired as private contractors. But in Greece, you mentioned Greece earlier, 23% mm-hmm. sales tax, 45% payroll tax, 46% income tax. Uh, no wonder they don't pay taxes over there. They wouldn't have any money if they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, uh, in hindsight, as you look back, was the euro a bad idea? No, it, it's, a, it's a sensible idea. To make it easy to travel around. It's like having the dollar the currency for the U.S. You know, imagine what it would be like if you had a California dollar and an Oregon dollar and a Nevada dollar and a New York dollar. We would have much less prosperity. It would be much more complicated. But they haven't done it right. Uh, they tr- tried to, they're, they're undermining the euro. And uh, because countries get in trouble doesn't mean the euro should get in trouble. You know, Illinois is the worst state in the union when it comes to credit rating. Their, their fin- finances are a shambles. They have a new governor, Republican governor, who is tackling these things. But uh, because Illinois has a problem doesn't mean you Illinois should shuck off the dollar and adopt a peso or something, the Illinois peso. Uh, it, it, it's a credit problem. It's an economic problem. So if they knew what they were doing, uh, the euro would work fine. But manifestly, they don't. Yeah, but when you reduce diversification, I mean, it's something you certainly don't do in a volatile um, uh, financial environment. You you know, you try to diversify as much as possible. And I guess my point is, is that the minute you start to drive anything towards singularity, you make that system more vulnerable if you don't build in some, uh, you know, backups, uh, which clearly weren't built in properly. Now, we're going to have to um, uh, take, I don't want to leave you hanging on that question, but we have to take our last (laughs) break. Break. I, I'm, I'm up against hard breaks here, which is the bane of this program, right? <laughs> I come up bill. against these hard breaks, and I'm going, oh, gee, the conversation was just getting going, and and sure enough, uh, we got to go to a sponsor break. So we'll take our last break, but stay right where you are. We'll be right back with more from Steve Forbes. You're listening to the Costa Report. If you're wondering what to do with all that data you're creating, do I have an offer for you? Tableau is drag-and-drop software that people of any skill level can use to analyze and turn data into something actionable. That's right. I said actionable. And isn't that what all that data is for? With Tableau, you can connect to any data in virtually any format and visualize it on the fly. Databases, spreadsheets, even big data sources are instantly combined into usable charts, graphs, reports, and dashboards. People can analyze data and -and drag-and-drop at 10 times the speed of a traditional business intelligence system. But the most important impressive thing about Tableau is that anyone can use it. And just to prove the point, you can get a free 14-day trial from Tableau just by mentioning you heard this ad. But do it now, because this offer won't last. For your free 14-day trial, visit Tableau at T-A-B-L-E-A-U dot com slash Costa. That's Tableau.com slash Costa. Tableau Software. What's your data trying to tell you? I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars, and I have a question for you, Scott. What goes into making Method Champenois bubble? You know, it's a process that's really defined by the French government that we've taken and enacted into our wines, which really drive the quality of our sparkling project. So this is a process that the French government defines pretty specifically, and you remain faithful to that. Yeah, 100%, and in some places we push it a little bit. Now, how do the bubbles translate on the palate? You know, it really gives you that 
vehicle that moose for the character of the sparkling wine, carrying the fruit and the complexity. It's the expression of the wine. To find out more about Caraccioli Wines, visit us at www.caracciolicellars.com or stop by our tasting room in downtown Carmel, California. That's Caraccioli Cellars, C-A-R-A-C-C-I-O-L-I. Cellars, come taste the difference. When your home needs repairs, you fix it. Shouldn't we treat our bodies just as well? If you have joint pain, it's time to get help. Learn more at DominicanHospital.org. Dignity Health, including Dominican Hospital. Hello, human kindness. Hi, I'm Andy, the produce manager at Ben Loman Market. This week we are featuring green cabbage, 49 cents a pound, large red potatoes, 49 cents a pound, and one pound bag baby peeled carrots, 89 cents each. Add some corned beef and you have a perfect dinner. We have California navel oranges, 89 cents a pound, head lettuce, 99 cents each, and two pound clamshell strawberries are 3.99 each. From Washington, we have large Fuji apples, 89 cents a pound, large Gala apples, 99 cents a pound, and Granny Smith apples, 99 cents a pound. In organics, we are featuring California green cabbage, 89 cents a pound, one pound bag kiwi fruit, 1.99 each, and red organic grapefruit, 89 cents each. We have many more specials in our produce department, so come check out our great selection of fresh produce at Ben Loman Market. This is Dean Mitchell Winnick, co-host of Wagner and Winnick on the Law. Do you think lawyers are too expensive? Would you use a licensed legal technician, someone more than a paralegal but less than a lawyer, if new California licensing rules created this professional category? Join my co-host, Professor Stephen Wagner, and me this Saturday, Wagner and Winnick on the Law, from 3 to 5 p.m. We'll consider whether California should adopt Washington state rules that allow the licensure of legal technicians. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and our guest today is Steve Forbes. And I left you at the end of the last segment with the thought that perhaps the economies which converted to the euro might be better off if they had remained diversified, because anytime you drive towards singularity, you increase efficiency, but but you also increase the risk of unilateral failure. And and so I think this is why we all uh, have heard endless times from our financial advisors, diversify, diversify, diversify. Some things will go up, others will go down. Uh, it, 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 weren't we more stable as a global economy when we when companies' economies were or countries' economies were vastly different? Well, they are uh, vastly different uh, today, even in Europe, as uh, you compare Greece with uh, Germany. Uh, the Germans who write the subsidy checks will uh, testify. Uh, they wish they could tell the Greeks where to go, and maybe someday they will. So uh, they have not homogenized uh, Europe. As a matter of fact, even though we use the word Europe, uh, the French are still very French, and the Italians are still very Italian. So uh, uh, we have the, the, the idea that... You can put people into a cookie cutter, never, ever works. And uh, people who try it uh, always fail, as the Soviet Union demonstrated. But wasn't it clear pretty much when the euro was started that one or two countries not uh, conforming to the requirements um, of, uh, it, wasn't it clear that they would eventually bring the euro uh, into trouble? Well, you would have thought that uh, they would have thought twice about bringing in a country like Greece, even before Greece admitted several years ago that it was cooking the books mm-hmm. <laughs> of its uh, finances. It was yeah. clear that uh, they they weren't as far along as uh, some other countries were. So uh, the, the enthusiasm got the better of them, and we'll see if uh, they can keep this thing going. But uh, if you... The key thing, though, is that none of the countries know how to manage their money very well, including the United States. The dollar today is like a yo-yo. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, that's destructive to investment. That's why we wrote a book called Money, How the Destruction of the Dollar Threatens the Global Economy and What We Can Do About It. Uh, it it's bad stuff. And I think what, we're, what eventually we'll do is do what we did for the first 180 years of our country's existence, and that is uh, link the dollar's value to gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did it from the 1790s to the 1970s, and we had good growth rates, even average growth rates, even though we had plenty of turmoil, a civil war, a Great Depression, two world wars. Over that span of period of time, we did very well, and we haven't done as well since. But even tying it to gold, you also recommended an audit of the Federal Reserve. Is that right? Yes. Well, the Federal Reserve was created by Congress, and therefore its policies should be subject to review, not just in a haphazard uh, congressional hearing, but uh, finding out what exactly they're doing. What are their metrics? Uh, what are, how do they measure success or failure? Uh, what are their trading methods? Uh, are they... Uh, how, how how good are they in dealing in the marketplace when they buy and sell bonds? Basic stuff that any other entity you would uh, want to know about. But the Fed seems to think that it should be uh, uh, treated as like the Chinese as the middle kingdom. Well, <laughs> above I, we, I agree. Above we mere more mortals. <laughs> it is above <laughs> us mere mortals. This is why I would like them to rename the Federal Reserve Bob's Bank. I, I think if we renamed it Bob's Bank... <laughs> that it would be clear that they are a private entity <laughs> and not an extension, not a department of the federal government. I think people are still confused about that. I mean, maybe not you and maybe not our members in Congress and, and experts, but there's still a lot of people that think the Federal Reserve is, is some branch of government. Yeah, and uh, a sort of a fourth branch that uh, was enshrined in the Constitution, which manifestly it was not. But I like that idea, Bob's Bank. Yeah, we call so, it Bob's so, Bank, and then it becomes clear Bob's Bank is making money off of us. And uh, it strips of its authority, too. It's hard to worship Bob's Bank. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So a last question for you. Aside from taxes, the uh, $18 trillion debt, the Federal Reserve or, or Bob's Bank, the collapse, potential collapse of the euro, what keeps you awake these days? It's uh, One is worry about uh, overseas. Uh, the fact the U.S. is now seen as weak, that we're gutting our military, uh, Iran is now bent on getting nuclear weapons and uh, being the dominant power, establishing an empire in the Middle East. Uh, Putin is still on the warpath in Ukraine and may uh, threaten other neighbors in, in the neighborhood. Uh, who knows what China may do? So when you have a U.S. that's seen as weak, which we should have learned from the 1970s, uh, bad things happen. But uh, it seems that lesson has to be learned and relearned and relearned. And here at home... One of the things I think uh, gives me uh, encouragement is, for example, the movement towards radical tax reform. Uh, we mentioned earlier, several presidential candidates are interested in the flat tax, and that's why we've started an organization called Americans for Hope, Growth, and Opportunity. You can find it online, ahgo.us, to help promote the flat tax. You know, the bottom line like, is what, what Ronald Reagan said. He said, you don't change minds on Capitol Hill through sweet reason. You do it through the heat of public opinion, and we intend to help turn up that heat. That's absolutely right. There, there can be no change. I tell listeners this all the time. There can be no change without critical mass. If you, you know, if you want to argue with people, that's fine. But at some point, you have to recruit them. <laughs> uh, because yeah. if you're alienating everybody, you can't get critical mass. That's not how you get them. We haven't. Ha- we didn't have civil rights change here uh, in the United States. We don't. We have not experienced any significant changes here in the United States without critical mass. Uh, and so the the idea is recruit, recruit, recruit. Get people on your side, uh, and then uh, this is the old uh, bottom up management, isn't it? Absolutely, and uh, I think this internet age with. Uh, you know, radio, which you're an expert at, and way of getting messages around, uh, we should be able to generate some pretty good heat pretty quickly. Absolutely, and and we have to. And I I also tell people you've got to use all forms of media. 
You know, you've got to be on the air. Well, yeah. you know this. I mean, Forbes Media, you're, you, you've been more entrepreneurial in the publishing area than anyone else, reaching out and creating new internet products, new vehicles, um, uh, so that these messages can get out uh, to folks because, uh, boy, uh, do they need to hear it. And, and I do believe most people are c- uh, confused about what the Federal Reserve is. I do uh, believe that they are uh, confused about a flat tax versus a fair tax. And if you don't get the facts out there, they're easily uh, replaced by fiction. And, uh, and so I, I uh, want to thank you for creating so many venues uh, through the uh, Forbes um, uh, machine, if you will, of creating th- so many venues to get the facts out there. And I also want to take you, uh, take some time to uh, thank you for speaking with us today. We are almost out of time. Uh, before we go, can you give that e- that uh, web address one more time? Yeah, yes, uh, uh, Americans for Hope, Growth, and Opportunity. The web is ahgo dot us. Okay, and I hope I, I hope everybody will go there and get information and participate. And remember, uh, stop arguing with your friends. Recruit them instead. Uh, thank you exactly. again. <laughs> thank, Rebecca, thank you. Thank you very Enjoyed much it. for joining us today and come back soon. If Look forward to it. Thank if you. your station is leaving us after this first hour and you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with Steve Forbes, you can email me at RebeccaCosta.com or drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And, and if you missed the full interview with Mr. Forbes or with any of our other previous guests, you can download episodes of the Costa Report from our website, Apple iTunes, Podbean, our YouTube channel, and also the Voice America Business Channel. And here's some great news. If you're a regular listener and you want to hear more more in-depth, unbiased coverage by the media. There's an easy way that you can keep independent journalism alive, and it won't cost you one red cent. The next time you're going to order a book, a printer cartridge, a CD, or even a gift from Amazon, please go to our website at RebeccaCosta.com first. By clicking on any book on our bookstore page, it'll take you right over to Amazon's main webpage where you can make your purchases. And every time you go through our bookstore to make a purchase at Amazon, Amazon donates a small percentage of your purchases to the Costa Report. Like I said, it will not cost you one red cent. So help keep excellent programming on the air by making one short detour on your way to Amazon. And speaking of audiences all around the world, my guest next week is one of the most foremost experts on Russian politics, Mr. Vladimir Posner, who's going to be here to help us understand what Putin's plans are and how the U.S. should respond. Don't miss Vladimir Posner next week on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for another hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 